entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. Let me tell you my super objective in being with you today. I want to enthusiastically share stories and information to inspire leaders. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are a leader so that you can inspire others. My guest with me today is Jeremy Frank. Hi, Jeremy Frank. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic, Marty. Hello. Hello. So Jeremy Frank is with an organization called KCF Technologies, and we're going to talk more about that. But let me officially introduce uh, Jeremy. And let's see here. Jeremy Frank grew up in Pittsburgh, but came to Happy Valley, which is State College, PA, for both his undergraduate and doctoral programs in mechanical engineering at Penn State. Three years into his graduate work, he decided to start KCF Technologies, along with Professor Emeritus Gary Koopman and another Penn State researcher. They wanted to focus on the development of research and innovative technology into commercialized products and services for both industry and military, which remains the vision for the company today. Jeremy is passionate about optimizing American manufacturing and promoting a culture of entrepreneurship to drive the economy and elevate workers. So, Jeremy, again, welcome to the Business Builder Show. Uh, we should probably note, Jeremy, that we are recording this uh, Business Builder Show interview uh, the week of March 30th, 2020. And as everybody will remember, the world and America are being disrupted by COVID-19 and the coronavirus pandemic. So we're going to... In- incorporate that into our discussion. But let's launch this way, Jeremy. Kind of give us a a little more detail on KCF Technologies. Sure, yes, recorded via social distancing, our new term. There you go. (laughs) So, you know, you talked a bit about what KCF Technologies came from and where we came from at Penn State 20 years ago. I think the the pertinent thing now is what we do. What we really do is we focus on monitoring machinery. We monitor the health of machinery in in industrial uh, factories and other types of sites. And by doing that, we we call it giving machines a voice. We can tell what's happening with the machinery better than the folks in the factory can. And we do it remotely, so we're able to actually troubleshoot and even eliminate problems that would otherwise derail their operations. Wow, that's pretty significant. Um, so Jeremy, we're gonna focus on manufacturing. That's is where you spend most of your life, I believe. Um, I've been around manufacturing for a while now, and I guess I'll use the word unfortunately. Um, I believe that many of these manufacturing firms may not have been healthy or profitable before this pandemic. Do you have any thoughts on what I just said? Certainly, I I think there's a couple dimensions to that. 
I mean, most of the companies that we serve are, are large public companies and just, it's as easy as looking at their public financial statements. You know, a lot of the companies hover in that range from zero to 5%, you know, net profitability. And a lot have been struggling to, to get by for years or even decades. Mm -hmm. And that's in relatively strong economic times. It's just difficult to be a, a global manufacturer these days. It's very competitive and the, the bar gets raised every year and you got to, you know, create 20% more product with 10% fewer people, you know, is mm -hmm. often the challenge. Mm -hmm. So that's the basic situation we see. So a lot of these companies are, as we, however words you use, there are, uh, I'll just keep using the word healthy. So maybe they don't have all these reserves uh, that may be necessary. Hopefully, uh, whatever the government of uh, the United States or elsewhere may be helping them through all this, I hope, um, you know, because we need these international companies. So, of course, manufacturers, um, they use machines <laughs> to manufacture their products. So what's crossing my mind, Jeremy, is with, without preventative maintenance or necessary repairs, where is this going to leave them going forward? Well, I think it's going to be really difficult. You know, that first part, that the, the aspect of being financially stressed, of course, it's going to hit a lot of the companies. Any company that sees a sharp, unexpected revenue decline is going to be that much more stressed and very quickly and unexpectedly. So that's happening. I think something that people might, re not, might not realize that we're very exposed to is that most of these big manufacturing, uh, these factories, there's more machines than people. You know, mm -hmm. they are, the modern manufacturing world is just filled with sophisticated, large machinery that's, that's really the heart of, of, of uh, churning out the, basically doing all the, the really heavy lifting in these, in these plants. There's a lot of automation, but even prior to that, there's, there's just a lot of motors and pumps and fans and a wide variety of other machines that you can't operate without. Yeah, I would, I would certainly understand that. And obviously, in addition to that, even with technology, people remain a big part of that. Am I correct there? Even maybe even especially so in these times when maybe some people are not working, they may not be uh, staffing the shifts as they should. So, but people play, have played and will continue to play a big part in this working with the machines or working alongside of the machines. Am I accurate there, Jeremy? Absolutely. And that's what I'm really concerned about. You know, the the way I would say it is that you know, the worker, so the machines do a lot of the physical work, but the people do the vital work. The people figure out how to, to get productivity out of, out of the plant. Mm -hmm. And it's really difficult. You know, it's right now, it's always difficult. It's difficult to deal with changes, but whether companies are struggling, you know, with shortages of revenue or not, everybody's trying to adjust rapidly to a new normal. And big companies don't do that well. They don't deal well with change. And so these, these individuals, these workers at the front lines are trying to deal with, with those changes. And it's, it's, I can just tell you, it's going to be extremely difficult for them to deal with that, especially when you look at just the, the, the overall situation that the, the pandemic and the response to it is creating. Hmm. Well, even with the digital tools, which we'll associate with 
generally younger workers. Uh, but we are before this, and maybe even it's going to be even more relevant after this pandemic, is uh, what they commonly call, I think they commonly call it the gray tsunami. So, so talk to me about that, how you see that aging workforce affecting prior to and maybe after this pandemic. Well, it's already happening in real time. And I mean, that's the thing. So there's, there's the companies are financially stressed. They're dealing with all these changes, but then the, it's the manpower issue. So these companies have already had a shortage of positions, especially the skilled trades, the certified workers that can do sophisticated work to maintain and operate the machinery, the engineers who, who make these adjustments in real time that, that mm -hmm. keep, you know, basically keep the lights on. Well, those, a lot of those people who hold those skills, the smartest, best people tend to be toward the end of their career. These are the mm -hmm. ones who, who know the most mm -hmm. and have the most experience that can make the right decisions. Well, very unfortunately, those are the same ones that are at the highest risk of, of this disease, this virus that's spreading. Mm -hmm. And what I'm, you know, what I think is really concerning is that these companies are already strained for those three reasons. And now they have to try to operate with some percentage less of the very people they depend most on. And that's what I think is especially uh, going to be very challenging. Yes, we can. We saw it coming. We can see it coming even more. So I'm going to ask you to be a little more general, if you will. Certainly, I guess you can keep referring to the pandemic. But we've talked earlier and you talked about the um, industrial transformation 4.0. I think that's still relevant. Uh, I know it's still relevant. So so tell me what you mean by industrial transformation 4.0 and maybe before and maybe after in another way you're comfortable. Sure. Well, so 4.0 is really the transition from 3.0 to 4.0. And 3.0 is basically a factory that has the ability to operate with some level of control system, computers with sensors that are, that are leveraging that capability to, to automate or control some of the process. Mm -hmm. 4.0 means just complete immersive connectivity of data from everything. Mm -hmm. That's not the only thing it means, but that's the part of it that, that we're most involved in because mm -hmm. we're very, we're right involved in putting those sensors on the machines, retrofitting equipment with this high technology. So you have information streaming among other things about the health of a bearing or a pump or a fan. Mm -hmm. And it's coming up in real time and it's, but it's fully shareable because it's in the cloud. You can have an engineer who today might be working from home, normally would be in the plant. You have the skilled tradesperson who's going to come in and do the work. And you have somebody from my company that's looking at the same data to try to help analyze it and help them decide what to do. That's the type of digital workflow that, that is enabled and, and is part of industry 4.0. So, I, I may call that or others may call that the internet of things. That is the common phrase. Is that an accurate description of what you just said? Absolutely. There are a few uh, kind of overlapping terms, internet of things, industrial internet of things. There's also an aspect of machine learning and, and uh, AI that, that are all sort of interleaved. And industry 4.0 is sort of a, a catch-all for that state, like the future state that we're working towards. 
Are there core industries that you either deal with or that you're reading about? Because I know you are a student of manufacturing because you have to be because it's your business. Um, are there current core industries that, that you see that maybe even more affected by what's happening now? Yeah, we're seeing it. I mean, we're seeing the all across the board. You know, we work with a lot of wood products companies making toilet paper, among other things. And so they see this surge in demand mm -hmm. and they're trying to produce more than ever. Mm -hmm. That's challenging. Then we see the auto industry that has semi-voluntarily shut down for a period of time until they decide if they can operate safely. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there's just sort of the critical uh, life supporting industries, uh, paper plant or sorry, power plants, the utilities, water, wastewater, uh, pipelines, natural gas, oil, gasoline. And they're, they're all going to be affected in, in quite different ways. And we're just seeing a wide spectrum of that all across the board. Mm. Fascinating. Can you refer to think of this is putting you on the spot, but any examples of anything that you could chat with us about and, in terms, maybe in these core industries or any other um, anecdotes or stories that you can relate to that you can help us relate to? And yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think, let's see, I think I can give you one that, that's just probably the most relatable, I hope. And I, I think that it's not one of the, the greatest vulnerabilities and, and that's, you'll, you'll be glad of that. But mm -hmm. if you picture a power plant, okay, we, we all, we cannot have the grid go down, especially right now. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can't have hospitals with with brownouts or blackouts for with their electricity. We depend on the grid now, so you know more than ever. And so you've got all these power plants across the country. Well, the kind of thing that just most people aren't exposed to, but we're on every looking at every day is there's, for example, in a big power plant, you're typically pulling water out of a a river, and you're you're you cannot run the plant. So picture you know a big nuclear plant. The same is true for most gas-fired plants, too. But there's like 100 big nuclear plants across the country. And the one I'm picturing has three gigantic pumps that are, that are pulling water out of the river, big mm -hmm. river. Mm -hmm. And these are not, you know, little pumps. These things are the size of a, you know, like a tractor trailer, um, thousands of horsepower. And, and, and so to run the nuclear power plant, you have to pull this water out of the river. And to do that reliably, typically you, you have smart people that have been working with that system for years and decades that know what it sounds like and they know what it's supposed to sound like. And they mm -hmm. can tell what's, when something's going wrong. They have their eyes and their ears. And one of the early challenges right now is that those people just, you know, a lot of them are already working from home if they can. Mm -hmm. And even to make matters worse, if, if there's scheduled maintenance or if you're trying to to adjust to a challenge. Some parts of the country are dealing with floods right now. Mm -hmm. Trying to adjust to a flood and offset the, the demand from an adjacent plant, but your, your outside contractors can't come in. They can't lubricate the bearings. They can't balance things. They can't align things. That, that's kind of like the, the real situation that just gets replicated thousands and thousands and thousands of times across all these facilities. Hmm. Wow, that uh, pretty much describes vulnerability to me. <laughs> so, so um, my guest is Jeremy Frank. His company is KCF Technologies. Yes, you can find them at kcftech.com. 
there's all kinds of information there, and I'm sure you can contact Jeremy there also. Um, some uh, be specific of a manufacturing operation without telling me the company. Like, what do you actually do? I guess I guess I want to drill down. You stick things on machines. Like, ex ex explain it to me so that I understand. And, and I guess in plain English. Sure, and I'll yeah, I can give another example just because I, I think the you know that example a pump is in power. You know, electricity is something that I think most people can relate to. Sure, but but there's uh, another one is the what people don't see because it's, you know, on a hill in the middle of nowhere behind a fence, there are compressor stations for, for our natural gas flowing all across the country, complex system pipeline of, um, of flow. That's, that's boosted by these large compressor stations. Picture a bunch of, you know, tractor trailer sized huge compressors driven by an engine that are, that are maintaining the pressure of that system so that the, all of the factories and the, and the power plants can run. Well, we will go out and one of those those um, compressor units, our, our engineers will go out and install a couple dozen sensors on there. Mm -hmm. And they're basically looking for, are, is it getting too hot? Is it vibrating in a different way? Is something noticeably uh, you know, failing mechanically? Mm. For, for example, the kind of thing that can happen, especially when you don't have someone watching it, is that the flow can change. You could suck some liquid out through the pipeline and all of the pipes start to vibrate uncontrollably, just like the water hammer that happens in your house sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's basically the same phenomenon. And if you don't know that's happening, it, it can keep happening and, and make that machine 10 times more vulnerable to a premature failure than it otherwise would. Mm. And these types of failures happen all the time. It's just that if they happen more, if, if they happen more and there's not somebody there who has the, the skills and the knowledge to adapt in real time, you're going to have real issues with, with uh, the consequences of that. So I'm sitting here thinking you could save companies a lot of money um, if they can detect things sooner, they can fix them faster. Is that one of your missions at KCF Technologies to simply save people money? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we measure it just because money is the easy thing to measure. We saved our customers about a billion dollars last wow. year. Wow. Wow. We track it. We measure, we measure the ROI. And, wow. you know, it's, it's, it's the easiest thing to track. I think we're, our, our focus really is to transform American industry, which means making them safer and more productive and saving money is just a, a, a very measurable way to get there. But absolutely that's um, yeah, just so we saved our company, our customers a billion dollars last year. Something else that might help kind of validate that is, I mean, we've been growing in what we're selling. We, our, our deployments have doubled annually for eight consecutive years. And so it, it's not like it's something new. It's just that I just wish we had more out there because I know that it can make such a difference in terms of addressing these, these types of vulnerabilities. Okay, I'm going to ask a cultural question because as you were speaking, I was thinking about, so are you replacing people with these sensors in, the, in these machines? People are going to ask that, Jeremy. What's the answer? Oh, believe me, I've had that question. I've, <laughs> I've talked to people in the, at the UAW about that. You know, it, it, uh, it, it's a question that comes up often with technology, any type of technology. And often, yeah, you know, if you're talking about an industrial robot, it, you know, it does. Mm -hmm. It replaces the work of a person. 
In, in our case, it actually doesn't. An interesting phenomenon is that this technology actually requires more people. And it's the phrase you used in, when, in the, the intro. Um, it, it elevates people. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens is that you, you might have a, a picture of paper plant, these places that are making all our toilet paper that we're so urgently in need of right now. Yeah. And it's a big paper plant, maybe has a, a couple hundred people working there. But there's about 4,000 critical machines, you know, cri- critical mm-hmm. but small machines that are, that are in there and they're running. What happens when companies start to move toward Industry 4.0, they put sensors on all 4,000 of those machines. Mm-hmm. And so there, there used to be four individuals that would walk around the factory and get a single measurement on each of those 4,000 points wow. once yeah. per quarter, okay? Yeah. So now, instead of walking around and spending all their time doing that with 90% of their time, climbing up ladders, doing dangerous, challenging, difficult, boring things, all of a sudden now this flood of data comes to them and they use their brain and then they go out like a sniper and address the issues that are actually most important at that mm. given point in time. Hmm. Love that. Yeah, love that. So we are going to wrap up. Uh, Jeremy, I am going to give you the last word, but I just want to make sure everybody knows that I'm speaking with Jeremy Frank, and he is with KCF Technologies. Yes, kcftechnologies.com is where you can learn more. If you're in manufacturing, I would think you'd want to learn more. So in terms of wrapping up, Jeremy, what didn't I ask you? Uh, what point did, would you like to drive home to uh, finish our conversation? I think mainly just how easy it is. You know, we're not, this is a whole movement, this industry 4.0, and it can really make a big difference in this current crisis that we're in. And we're just men, we're one of a, a, a number of technology companies that play a part in this, and we're connected to them. So, so I really appreciate you just, you know, helping us just get the word out because when we connect with people, we can help spread the message that this is really quite easy to do and it's just a it's a win-win-win for the company uh, for the workers and for the long-term survivability of the organization superb jeremy frank kcftech.com thank you so much for being part of the business builders show wonderful thank you marty appreciate it bringing the business classroom to you it's the business builders show with marty wolf 